Hey guys, welcome back. I'm really excited about the topic I wanted to share with you today. And that is something, which is kind of a, a big, broad topic, but I'm going to kind of nail, drill it down kind of a little bit here. So this notion, this um, term, roommate syndrome, is one that I have used frequently. I probably feel like I coined it, although I know I didn't. Um, a lot of us therapists that work with parents who transition, or, or, or couples, excuse me, who transition to parenthood and have any sort of struggle, those of us who have, you know, training with the Gottman Institute and work with couples like that have been throwing out that term a lot. And there's like a lot of it that I really love and I think really resonates with a lot of people. And then there's a piece of it where I know I've had um, particularly women just be like, call me a roommate again. Like, I am so not your roommate. <laughs> like the level of stuff that I do to keep our collective life running, I would in no way ever do for a roommate. So I get that piece of it as well. So today I'm more wanting to focus on how do we avoid roommate syndrome and also how we get there kind of quickly how people get there and i've done this work long enough and i've worked with enough couples in various stages of their relationships to have a pretty good idea and like a map of how couples you know go from this very hopeful very excited stage where they're engaged to you know having no ability to communicate, no ability to understand each other, and sitting in a deep amount of resentment and negative sentiment, and feeling so disconnected that it does feel like they're more living with a roommate than a romantic partner. So we get there, <laughs> really, and a lot of times a very straight line, and I can see it quite clearly, what happens um, in these relationships. And there's a whole other system that goes around us um, that also definitely impacts how we get there as well. And it's important that we highlight that. And those are the three tiers I often talk about, which are you know, white supremacy, capitalism, and patriarchy. Those three tiers and those three systems definitely are um, embedded <laughs> into our, our psyche and how we do relationships and how we do family and how we do career and how we then get to this place of roommate syndrome because the relationship didn't get any of the prioritization and a lot of a lot of it has to do with those three tiers but what I'm going to focus on today is kind of the disconnection that happens um, very early on in this stage of relationship and it, it's not even disconnection I'm gonna back up what it is is completely <laughs> being unaware and unwilling to be intentional about the life you want because sometimes that then has there's like unalignment disagreement challenges that are gonna hit your partner and instead of looking at that and having those result be potentially ending the relationship we ignore it so, so many of these things that end up coming up, we knew. <laughs> we knew that they were going to be issues. We saw them early on. We did not want to take the time to dig into them out of fear of the relationship ending. So, like, 
We did ourselves dirty there. We're, oh, I'll just push that off. I know that's going to be a problem. It's going to be a much harder problem, much more complicated of a problem when we move through life together and start adding to our responsibilities and then adding to our family. So that's like the first piece of this is that we are often not honest with ourselves about what we want or what, you know, here's the thing too. And people actually are honest, but they don't understand then how this like all ends up creating this very roommate syndrome type of relationship. You know, it's like, what's the intention of getting married? And so many people will say, well, it's because I want to have a family. So right there, you're in what I'm be, I hear as a couples therapist is the intention behind me wanting to marry this person is to have a family. Okay, well then what does having a family mean? What does it look like? As best as we can know. We can't know it all, right? But what are we thinking it's going to look like and how is that going to impact? How does having a family impact the marriage? Like, this is going to sound hilarious, but I was listening to Amy Schumer the other day. Good God. And she was like, I think it's kind of weird that we have sex with our spouses. It's kind of creepy. I mean, they're family. <laughs> and she's just a comedian. She's a comedian. She's making light and a joke of this. But there is some hilarious, like, truths to that. Like, now we've become this family. And that's going to take a lot of the energy and a lot of the priority and because of one of those tiers, capitalism, we are working, 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 working. <laughs> so that's where, you know, 95% of people's energy goes. Well, then you got like 5% left, if that, you know, and you're taking it, it's going into the kids and into managing the house and into, you know, making sure everybody's emotional needs are met. And, and all of their, you know, physical needs are met and they're being fed and their clothes fit them and, you know, all this. So there's like nothing. But we've clearly said that early on. And we kind of don't want to acknowledge. So it's like, well, if we're intentional and we're like, so when we start having kids, like that relationship that we had isn't going to be that relationship anymore. Like it's going to be a new one. And it could be super awesome and great, but it's going to look different and it's going to look different for a while. And we could change it again and we can get it back up to a little bit more. Just the two of us, quality time, intimacy, dates. But as we're growing and and building this family and trying to make sure these kids feel loved and safe and nurtured, many of the things a lot of my clients didn't feel. So like if we're all down with that and like well this is how it's gonna be and I I miss you <laughs> I miss being able to walk around naked or to have you know sex without the fear of anyone walking in or anybody hearing it like I miss that so much but I love this too and I'm hopeful we get that back and because we're talking about it and we're acknowledging it and we're finding time when we can that's going to help us be able to get there. But the problem is, is we don't ever talk about it. We don't even understand that that was kind of the intention we set out. And all of a sudden now, like everything's family and one person's feeling hurt and left out and not getting enough sex and not getting enough attention 
and feeling hurt and acting out and not knowing how to bring it up, like all of those things, which then adds to the disconnection. And then we get to the tit for tats and who's doing more and who's working outside of the home and who's working inside of the home and who's taking the kids there and who's taking them there. It all becomes that, which is like now we're putting ourselves in the who does more, who's right, who's wrong um, opponents. And so if we're always fighting, like, on who's doing more or, you know, who deserves more time or whatever it is, then you can see how that disconnection starts. And then we're actively begin building rituals of disconnection with one another. We stop spending time in the evenings together. We get on our phones more frequently. We're not going to bed at the same time. So, okay, so yeah, I guess I'll just put the energy into the kids and into the family even more than I already was. So now when we get to the stage of life, which, you know, I'm in right now, it's like what we call the latency kind of period with our children. My daughter's eight and girls are typically a little more mature, so, and she is, and my son is 12, a little more immature. So it's perfectly in that latency period where... You know, they're more independent. They want to do more stuff on their own. They like being with their friends more. They want to have sleepovers. Um, They can self-manage much easier. Charlie and I can actually leave them at home for, you know, a brief period um, to get a cup of coffee. (laughs) Which sounds like, wow, like that is small, but it matters to us. And we make that time when we find that time. And so now that we're here... And we did all the work I talked about really uh, intentional and like clear with where we were in our life at that time. That now that we're here, we're both so excited about it and we're enjoying it and we're having fun and it's just making our relationship even better that hopefully this is going to prep us for the shit storm that's about to come with, you know, (laughs) teenagers. No, I'm just kidding. I'm really hoping that's going to be fun too. But it could be really hard. And because we've now had some really great time to work on our relationship and put energy into it, like we are going to, our bank account's full enough. And if we continue to talk in that intentional way, like, whoo, this is going to be another challenging period where we might lose some time together. That like acknowledging it and being at least clear and intentional with this is what we're going to do right now and here's why because then we're going to have this time later on but we're putting in the time where we can we're not just ignoring it but just even talking about it in and of itself like even if you do end up ignoring it's better than not even at all talking about it you know so there's a very clear easy path to get to roommate syndrome And a lot of it just is with not being intentional, not talking through things, and having expectations be way off. Way off. (laughs) And then we also have patriarchy. That other tier in there that adds to the complexities of these dynamics that we find ourselves in and sometimes don't know how we got here don't know if we like it or not, and don't know how to talk about it. So to just even acknowledge, like, oh, man. The way this this whole world is set up, 
it, it, it continues the patriarchy and I hate that. I just want to talk about it, like talking about it, acknowledging that it's there and what it must feel like and how do we try to not let that enter our home if that's not what we're wanting. Because that patriarchy, when going unchecked and untalked about, also leads to disconnection. If we can at least acknowledge what might be happening inadvertently, unintentionally, then we can do something with it. So we can really, truly avoid roommate syndrome. We can't necessarily avoid the point in time where the focus and the energy and the priority is more so on like children than it is on the relationship. But like if we acknowledge it and we are good with it and we're staying as connected as we can, we've set ourselves up that we will bypass roommate syndrome. And I hope that for all of you because I am having the best time at this stage in my marriage with my husband, which would typically be the time we would be feeling like roommates or filing for divorce. And so I, I hope for you that you can get to this place too. And I have so many different tools and, and things you can do in your relationship. So visit my website, bethwileytherapy.com. Contact me, <laughs> ask me questions, set up an appointment. Um, so many ways to help couples avoid this really challenging part of relationships because when we get into roommate syndrome, you guys, it is really hard to get out. So instead of having to get yourselves out, let's avoid it altogether. All right. Talk soon. Aloha.